This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Just worship Him this evening, give Him praise. Jesus, we love you, we give you praise. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Father, we all know you tonight, we give you praise. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Blessed be your name, Father. We worship you, we give you praise. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name. Someone put your hands together and just give God praise tonight. Hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah belongs to you. Hallelujah. That's all. <laughs> we don't have to sing the old song. <laughs> can I just welcome as many as you can tonight to church? Just appreciate somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. You guys are always wonderful and amazing. Hallelujah. They are the best choir on the face of the earth. Well, if you don't like that or you are watching, you can say whatever you like. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Freedom of speech is not a crime. It's just that there might not be freedom after speech. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Tonight, I want to read a passage of the Bible, but I feel like asking if anybody has a question. I do that once in a while. Uh, many times, people come to church and we just share the word of God, and there's no opportunity of feedback or being able to hear from people specifically about some of the questions that they might have in their hearts. So once in a while, somewhere is this, I pause to just ask if anybody has a question. Um, can I have your seat this evening? God bless you. If you have a question, if you are ashamed of your question, you can write it. But if you are bold about your question, you can raise your hand and let's see if we can take some questions tonight and and answer as God grants us the ability. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Even though there are questions that only God can answer. <laughs> but then there are some that are already answered in God's word. All questions are already. The Bible says that the secret things belong to God. But the ones that are revealed. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things. There are some things that simply belong to God. But the Bible says that the ones that are revealed, they belong. That's a, 
uh, reason for the, uh, the hidden things belong to the Lord. Leave it now. <laughs> but the revealed things belong to us and our children. So there are things revealed. But there are things not revealed. There are things that will be revealed with time. No matter what, some of the saints, some of the um, great men of the Old Testament wanted to know some things about Jesus. But the syllabus, they will be doing over syllabus then. Within the syllabus that God gave them, death and resurrection was not captured there. And no matter how mighty Elijah was, and Elisha that received double portion, and Abraham, there were things that they could not assess. Not because we are better than them. That's why Hebrews 11.40 says, God haven't provided something better for us. It's not that God haven't made us better. God haven't provided so a child can go to school in uh, Moaleru village. The same child can be taken to go to a better school in Lagos. And you know the better schools. I don't know if you went to a better school. <laughs> How many of you are proud of your secondary school? You, 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 you love your school, or you don't talk about it publicly. <laughs> Amen. So the child can be taken to a better school. So the Bible says in Hebrews 11.40 that God has prepared something better. It is better because it's not under the law, but under grace. It is better because we don't do sacrifices like they were doing every and they come to the temple every day. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, he has by one sacrifice perfected forever those who have been sanctified. The Bible says that he has laid, he has appeared at the end of the day to put aside sin. So Jesus only offered one sacrifice. And as many, as, we ref, as many times as we refer to that sacrifice, the effect of it is revealed in our life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we don't need the blood of bulls and goats anymore. And I understand that some Christians are still afraid when somebody is there. I remember in my, when I was growing up, I grew up in the city of Abiokuta, and I, I remember that there was this popular shopping mall that I don't want to mention. It was the most popular in the city then. And then one, some of them just formed this carcass that you know you must belong to some spirits. Um, a, a good number of those who were selling in the region, I don't know whether it's all the people, that particular region of the mall, uh, they belong to some sacred kind of, and uh, you must join them or that you wouldn't sell. This woman just joined and she was child of God and she got in the morning, she just saw a ram, black ram tied to the door of her shop. And she called the pastor, couldn't make it. They sent an elder. Thank God for that elder. That one just said, We sanctify this shop in Jesus' name. Madam, can I take the ram? <laughs> that this is one of the ways through which God provides for his own. He said, I'm going to eat that one. That's a Christian. Will be, ah, hey, hey, hey. Whatever you are afraid of, we have power over you. Hallelujah. Paul said that idols are nothing. And they will remain nothing to the man who believes that they are nothing. Especially a man in Christ. Glory to God. <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> Praise the Lord. So, um, God has some better things for us that they without us should not be made perfect. That's what the Bible says. Go back to that Hebrews 11. Under a better covenant we are, we give God praise for that. Now, the bad thing is that many believers still live like people living under the old covenant. See, there is what the Bible calls hardness of earth. Hardness of earth means a heart that the things of God cannot penetrate. A very good example that is found among Christians, hardness of heart in the area of marriage. Over 70% of Christians still run their marriage traditionally or the way of their family. And that's why you have many issues in many homes. And you know, if you have been listening to I've been talking about that, one of the ways to have a very good witness, to be a living witness in this generation, is to have a good marriage. Things are falling apart in many places. But when I see Christians fighting like every apostle, calling their relative, reporting the wife, reporting the husband, and all those, and then you begin to wonder, what is going on here? In some religion, they are allowed to marry three, four. So they begin to look at that. Is there any difference anyway? Okay, they that married one, they are breaking each other's head. And that is a testimony among so many Christians that some husband cannot even confide. Some of them don't want their wife to know what they are earning because some needs will, will just manifest. And then there are women also who keep things. One lady told me one day she bought land, two or three, in three different places. I never told her husband. I was shocked at the beginning. But when I listened to the man, I was okay with the fact that she kept it. <laughs> I said, this one, he will sell the land and sell the lady's self. <laughs> you, you know, and you just, because people will not let the word of God penetrate their heart. Those who argue, those who fight a lot, they always think they are right. And any attempt for the word of God to show them the error, they will reject it. It must be the way it has always been. And when your heart is hard, the Holy Spirit can pass much through you. You know, it's amazing how God wants to dwell. That's why he lives in us. I want to use men and do great things through you. But there's what is called the principle of learning to yield to God. You yield to when you bend to his own ways, outside your way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. If anybody has a question, let me ask. Okay. Can you give the mic to the brother over there? Thank you. This is the rule. Very brief. Less than 30 seconds. We will understand the rest. Praise All the right. Lord. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We all understood that the Bible is old. And the Bible it is written that no sinner will go without unpunished. In the Bible, it is written that we have redemption, we have forgiveness of sin through the blood of Jesus. That all our iniquities, transgression, the Lord has forgotten. So, how can we? Yes, sir. Thank you. Break that, sir. The Bible said that mercy triumphs our judgments. I, I, I'm trying not to. <laughs> That's a, okay. I think I. Over the weekend, so I was in Abelkuta. Before I came to church on Sunday morning, we came from Abelkuta. So, in all the three sessions, I was explaining that this is the throne of God. Let's assume. Okay, it doesn't look like a throne. <laughs> God's throne 
let's use for lack of word is divided into two. Or let's say there are two things on that throne. God is a righteous judge on one side. On the other side, God is a merciful king. And if you study the Bible very you're going to see this dual thing about God over and over again. He is the son of man. He is the son of God. He is the lion. He is the lamb. Two contrasting nature. Lion, lamb. Son of God, son of man. Justice, the righteous judge, the merciful king. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. That's what you see about God over and over again. Now, in God, his justice side, a sinner will not go unpunished. I think we got to that on Sunday, towards the end of the service, the third service on Sunday. So if I take this dear brother now and I punch him, and when it is time for me to be punched, I'm asking God to help me. So, it's just his part. He declared in the word of God. For instance, Bible says that anyone who kills a man by a man shall be killed. It's a sovereign declaration of the justice part of God. Or from the justice part of God. Then God has said, whatever a man sows, he will reap. But you see, God stood and he looked at families. We got to that, and I let, and I said that it's not a prayer you pray once. It, there are things that you declare repeatedly. Remember that there is a court in heaven. There is a tabernacle in heaven where Jesus is the high priest over there. Whatever you see on earth, it can effect a change for you up there. There are always voices against you. The one I told them, at least because I grew up in America, I was telling them some things I saw. They used to have a neighbor then. The man, very nice, Alaji, brought his son to stay with this neighbor. He was staying in Jebode and put his son to stay with this neighbor. And I remember when this Alaji came, even me, when I was playing ball with the guy at the front, he gave all of us money, gave this family so much money, and gave them their, his son's school fees who was staying with them. And when they left, the woman did not pay. He was going to pay for her own son, and the boy was at home. You see, when people treat someone like that, how many people have made housemates like miserable? I heard of one that the son raped the housemaid. She got pregnant. They got rid of She lost her. They, 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 and they covered the whole thing. Chased the they have forgotten that this is someone's daughter. And forever, you have initiated a cry against your children in the realm of the spirit forever. It will be unjust for God to allow while your children are enjoying, you destroy someone's. So every man that demands to sleep with a someone's a, a lady before giving her a job, that's someone's daughter. So your daughter might become 40 and never find someone to marry. You people do all these things. But say God is merciful. So that's why Jesus came. So he suffered for all men. But here is the point. You must first of all accept that he has suffered for you. Then you must take advantage of that. In some cases, restitution in form of apology is inevitable. If the spirit tells you that, look, you have been forgiven in Christ, but you need to reach out to this family. Not because of God, but their heart might be healed. You don't get that. 
I think I told you so that where, where, where we're living, that this guy, they gang rape a girl. It was the estate where we live, and he did actually join them in doing it, but it was one helping them to watch it that nobody was coming. I don't know how many miscarriages the wife had. Everybody prayed. Of course, I if they had spoken to a person of knowledge, he would have shown them from God that take a stand under the blood of Jesus and the family will be fine. But the thing lingered. He came to Lagos one day and around town plan in Lukbeju was crossing the bridge. Just something about this guy on this and was crossing and just saw that girl on top of the bridge. And she told him. He just went to Ashford and said, Look, I'm now born again. That Anytime I think of what happened that day, when those guys were having it with her, and I was the one watching, even me, my conscience now that I still cry when I think about the fact that I could be that callous not to stop them. He said, I'm sorry. And the lady paused for a while. Ah, the girl. He said, You, you are fine. He said, But you see, those three friends of yours, she just sighed hmm, and walked away. Now, we don't know what those ones are. <laughs> we're, we're, we don't know where those ones are. See, this is how people, those guys will marry a girl. They have just initiated the girl into a life of pain. Because they will pay. Except they turn to the finished work. So that's what I'm saying. So there is, a, there is the, God regulates the world through a justice system that nobody can break. The only way you can break it, the only way that you will not harvest a wrong seed that you have sown, is God has to come through the mystery of mercy. I get what I'm saying. So there is the law of gravity, which will not enable an object that is heavy to fly. So for a plane to fly, another law has to be in operation, law of lifts. So that's why we enter aeroplane, that metal object enters the air and it does not drop. It's like that. Now, plane has not taken away the law of gravity. Because if you come out of the plane, thou shall fall. <laughs> but that's a very good illustration. But as long as you are inside the plane, the law of gravity will not matter to you, even though it is there to others. Oh, God. Did you get what I've just said now? The same thing. When you enter the mercy of God, the law of justice is still around. But you are inside a place with a special arrangement. Glory to God. So that's the difference. So whether a woman has done abortion 50 times, I don't know whether they can get up to that number. <laughs> but whatever, once she lays hold of the law of mercy, then God responds because a strong represents the two. So he says, okay, now this is how we are going to go. Everything you have done is put on my son already. Because he knew no sin, yet he suffered for everybody's sin. And that's, so you cannot accuse God of being unfair again, because he was not fair even on his own son. Did you get that? Amen. So that's, that's about, that, that's it. Anyone who is not operating the law of mercy, law of sowing and reaping, we catch up with them. No matter what. The worst part of some, it is the next generation. In Exodus 34, 6, he told Israel 34, 8, he said the Lord that uh, uh, showed mercy to thousands, showed mercy to thousands, he said by no means will he let go the guilty. He said visiting the iniquity of father on children to the third, gen Ay! third generation. He goes. And it's happening to some family. Some are so, you know, they use jazz, use everything, one day they die. 
But then the family will begin to enter into it. And things are happening. Next generation, things they cannot explain. They are just in the dark. Because whatsoever a man sows, he must reap it. Hallelujah. Hope I've explained that. Yes. Um, can you get another mic so that, okay, you have another mic there. So, yes, sir. Good evening, sir. Thank you, everyone. Um, so, my question is, how can one be delivered from um, self and over familiarity? And when I say self, um, I mean, you are trusting God for something. And um, so, maybe trusting God to get money to buy a car or rent an apartment. You, know, you are trusting that God will provide that money. But on the other hand, you are trying to call somebody to say, ah, can I get 500000 Can I get $1 million from you? I mean... That's the self aspect. Then from the over familiarity, um, pastor is teaching and you, are, uh, you come across certain scriptures. I mean, for example, Mark 10, 27, John 3, 16. And because you've known those passages for ages, um, you find it difficult to receive the exact uh, message that is being taught at, at that point in time. You know, just because, oh, you are familiar with it, you know it. So, I mean, there's nothing new and all of that. So, that's, that's just my question. I understand. Thank that's you. A, that's a very good one. So, start with the second one. It, it's very simple. You just have to convince yourself that God's word is new every day. You might be able to quote it. I can quote a lot of scriptures, yet when I'm reading, I don't realize somebody who can quote. Because you always find something new there. Because that is actually to how to go against pride. You know, the law shows only those who are humble something. When you are dealing with God, you have to assume a posture, uh, a position that you don't know anything. Once you feel like you know, it's going to block you from receiving from the Lord. The problem you had with Saul, I think in 1 Samuel 15, 27, 23 or 27, he said to Saul that when, thou, when you were little in your own eyes, I made you a king. I remember I was very, very young. I'm still very young. <laughs> when I actually saw that and then I told myself. So he only promotes those who are little in their own eyes. That means no, don't feel big around God and don't feel big around the word of God. So scriptures that I know, when I'm reading them, I do as if I don't know them because something will come from them. And there is knowing a passage is different from having an encounter with that passage. You can know that by stripes you are healed and they can still be beating you left, right, and center. Even though you can quote it even in Hebrew Greek. You understand? So we must not be familiar with the word of God. So that takes us. The first one uh, is a very sensitive question. It's, it's, it happens a lot. You know, this is why Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Passing asunder, a person into dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Then it says, of joint and marrows. That separation between soul and spirit, it takes time growing spiritually and experience. I said that to say that many people don't know. For instance, somebody is praying for money. The example you use. And a name is coming to your heart that, now you don't know. Is it that the Lord wants me to call this person? Or calling this person will mean that I don't have faith in God's ability to provide. Has it ever happened to you before? It happens a lot that you are trusting God for something and you seem to be hearing yourself that talk to this person. Then a part of you feels that if you do so, it means that you don't really believe that God will. 
Now, both can be right and both can be wrong. There are times where, let me give an example. I think stories, they help to uh, paint the picture very well. One day I listened to Brad Bilakon, and he said he went to preach somewhere, and he stood by faith. He just believed that, look, God will take care of him, that supernaturally, God will provide transmission, take him back home. And he stood, and one of the people, if he preached, that one drove by and said, Sir, where are you going to? I told that person, don't worry. So he stood there. He said, I was there for four hours. <laughs> he said later, this person said, I sent someone to you. He trekked. When he got home, there was no food at this. <laughs> you know, I found that when you disobey God, Satan will arrange series of. <laughs> you, you just, you, you just be collecting it one after the other. So, that, so, it is the spirit that tells. In the wisdom of God at times, is the one prompting you to call somebody. If it is God, it will work. But that is once in a while. Many times, it is self, just like rightly. We are conscious of, ah, will this thing happen? Maybe I should reach out to somebody so that I can help God. When Abraham was... Uh, having an affair, not an affair, the wife consented. When Abraham decided to have a baby through a guy, what was going through his mind was just that God said we have a son, so maybe this is just the way. There are some things that God has said to you, he will do it by himself and he does not want you to interfere in any way. It's always better. Okay? If he wants you to reach out to somebody, when you are sensing it, pray a little more. If you spend time to pray in the spirit, this is a practical step to read and you are a spirit being you will feel it inside you that the person i'm about to reach to this is not god's plan and you stop but if it is god's plan it will come like a light from inside you that i am the one that wants you to reach out to that person that's very important okay all right yes praise god Hello. Uh, good evening pastor so um i, I want to know if you could help shed more light on the expected day of worship um so i know as, as christians we're supposed to serve god every day of our lives so but also according to the commandments in terms of um the day of the sabbath so i know some doctrines say it's a saturday and some and we worship on a sunday so i just wanted to share more light on what are, are you a jew no 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 hey, don't worry yourself about that one <laughs> yes, well, I, I went to a seven day Adventist school so i i understand yeah. that's why the the if you want to obey the law of Sabbath, you must obey all other laws. You must bring a ram next Sunday. <laughs> so maybe we now make barbecue out of it for everybody. <laughs> you must not shave your hair. Not to violate Sabbath was just one of the commandments. Now, I respect the Ten Commandments and I don't believe they are obsolete in any way. But there are other laws maybe about 300 laws, several of them. You must wash your clothes. Now, you're already violating some. One of the laws says that the, your shirt material, say you must not wear a cloth that is made of two different materials. And from here, I can see that your trousers are different from your shirt. So it's part of it. <laughs> that one is even the same chapter that says the woman must not wear what pertains to a man. People are still quoting it. And the guy that is quoting it is wearing China shirt, khaki trousers. Is equally guilty. <laughs> so leave that, don't worry. Please throw more light on John 14 11. What's in John 14 11? Somebody please read. 
How do you minister to somebody who believes that Jesus is the only Son of God and not God Himself? I leave Him alone. At least He believes that He's the Son of God. And that's the way to salvation. So, <laughs> Trinity, some don't just want to accept, and it's okay. It's not okay spiritually, but God is not angry with them. Jesus is the Son of God. The concept of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is quite difficult for both John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus said, if you see me, you have seen the Father. Period. But I know it's tough for us. Just say, is it the Son? Is it God himself? When you look at the throne of God, the person we see on the throne is Christ himself. And if he's going to escort you around heaven, the person that will escort is also Jesus Christ. The Bible says it places God that in him the fullness of God should dwell. But if anybody believes that he's a son, it's okay. At least he doesn't believe he's a slave. He's a son. It's okay. So, hallelujah. If thou believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, thou shalt be saved. So, sufficient for a man is. So, it's okay. Hallelujah. Believe me that I am in the, I just quoted it. So, don't, don't worry about that. Post. Maybe with time, you will understand more. You know, one of the things we can't also, also, can do is that we can't force what we believe on people. <laughs> let, let me see what, what I say about this is this um, the old thing about the first part is Romans 14 what's in Romans 14 let's read and I think 1 Corinthians 8 or so so those two places he that is weak in faith Receive ye, but not to doubt to disposition. Go to verse 14, precisely. Though it's a long story, I don't want to read. I know, and I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus, there is nothing unclean of itself. Is that straightforward enough? But to him that estimates anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Now look at the preceding verse to know what he's talking about. Verse 13. Let us not judge any, anyone that go to verse 12. So then everybody shall give account. Go to verse 10. I want to show you the subject matter. Why do you judge your brother? I want to say where he's talking about meat. That actually that's what he's talking about in this chapter. What verse is that? Where meat appears. Verse what? Go to verse 6. He that regarded it, they regarded it to the Lord. Yeah. He that eat it, eat it to the Lord. For he giveth God thanks. He that eateth not, to the Lord he eateth not, he giveth God thanks. Is that straightforward enough? He now said that there is nothing unclean that anyone that hates. So the fact that they don't believe what you believe, animal is animal. The woman you bought meat from in the market, do you know what she believes? Or do you normally ask people in the market, Madam, before I buy, sorry, what do you believe? Do you believe Jesus Christ? And do you know what they have said over the one you are buying? You buy clothes from traders. You buy clothes from courtesy people. A lot of people have shops. They bury things and everything. But you buy from them. That's why Paul said that when they put food before you, don't ask questions. Because when you do, conscience will start coming. So you ask that guy, sorry, this shoe. <laughs> Where did they get it from? <laughs> did you provide it or did you do something? So the Bible said, don't ask questions. Don't bother yourself. Once you wear it, it becomes clean. So, um, if you are a missionary, you will understand better. 
If you go to villages to preach, they give you food. Even on the day of their festival, they, if you don't eat, you cannot preach to them. So, missionaries are eating. They, they finish eating, then you now present the gospel, and they will get saved. When they are saved, they will stop doing all those things. It's true. Hallelujah. Let's read. If a believer commits suicide, how will they spend eternity? I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> at least we are not planning to commit suicide. So, <laughs> you know, I started by saying that the secret is below there. So, when I say I don't know, I'm saying that because there are some theological debates. And I know what the two schools they believe, but I don't go by that. So, some will say that it depends on factors leading to that suicide. But personally, I would just say that I don't know. It's God that, when you stand before God, you will know where you go to. <laughs> so what we should tell the living is that don't commit suicide. That's all. We need you here. All right. Next. I think I can take three, four more very fast, and then we close. Thank you. Good evening, church. Yes, sir. Good evening, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so my question is this. Um, a lot is happening in the political space right in Nigeria right now and um, my question is very simple if even as we take our place as Christians in the place of prayer trusting God for the nation if we are to be laid back how much should we be laid back concerning the things that are going on if we are to be forward about it how much should we be forward what, what is the boundary all right of our you know, engagement with the things that is going on. Thank you. Very, very good question. Um, you see, I think apart from religion, the next thing that sits in a man's soul is politics. Nations have killed, people have died, people have started wars. I look into Facebook, you will see best of friends in school, secondary school group on WhatsApp, people attacking, insulting. When it comes to politics, people, they throw all caution to them. They just become something else. It's a very sensitive matter. It will almost fall into this category of saying that let every man be fully persuaded in his heart. Christians have the responsibility of rising up and acting. Uh, I've heard if you want to hear my own personal opinion, not to really talk about uh, parties or anything, my personal opinion, the church will be ready to take our place and to get involved as we should when we first of all solve the question of discipleship. Disciples are lacking among the church, as in, in the church. Let me give you, I'm not speaking, but I just want to tell you that. If, if tomorrow, or at any time, God forbid, in the issue of this nation, if at any time, at any time, a prisoner right now arrested of terrorism is freed, and he says he wants to, wants to contest an election, and he has said it before that I'm going to kill all the Christians. I guarantee you that you will see our Christians and pastors who will tell you that there's nothing wrong with that candidate. Some will collect money and defend the candidates. 
I'm saying that the body of Christ is not together at all. I think you know that by now. When it's like that, and you are talking of taking position, you are even making it difficult more on yourself. You appear like we are ready, then someone else wins, and evil persecutes you more for winning. So I think that certain things must happen in the church before we can say, but as individuals, Christians in the society, we should do our best to promote someone that we know is a man of integrity, regardless of his tribe, a man of integrity, and a man that you see that this one genuinely loves the nation. So that's, that's much I can say. People always believe they have reasons for pitching their camp here or here and here. And when you talk, they can hate you. Now, as a pastor, you have to be exceptionally careful. Because people that you are sent to, to share the word of God with, you can, because of your political view. I know a bishop, and I don't want to mention his name, which you know very well in America, for speaking, all the people in the church are black. He's a black man, one of the black bishops in America. And he just told them that, I'm going to vote for Trump. Say because I cannot imagine abortion and all these things. 2,000 blacks left the church the following Sunday. They've been told by someone else, Trump hates blacks. He's going to do this and, and based on that. Now, some of them have started finding their way back to his church because they realize that all the things media told them never happened. Some of my friends told me that he had the plan of deporting all Nigerians. Well, I don't take sides, but I don't see anyone that he has deported. So these things, they happen and the bishop made a mistake. He should not have talked about it. Because he support, as in, he should have stopped at your values as a Christian should guide who you vote for. Period. But when you, when you start mentioning names, and if you're a popular preacher, the danger in it is also that every mistake that person makes, they will put it on you. They are coming back for you. Like they are going for those who brought... Let's just put it that way. So that's, that's much I can say. When I talk with my friends, I say my own opinion. At any point in time, I go for somebody that I believe represents my values. And somebody that I believe is a man of integrity. And someone that I believe that so that is. And personally, I don't do tribe. There's nothing tribal in my being. It needs to be around me just to know that. So that, that's, the, that's the whole thing. So I cannot say this is how far we should go. I will encourage every Christian to support whoever they believe in, support wholeheartedly. That's what I can say. But the mix-up is so much. I have been in a meeting with a committee of pastors, and I was shocked at different opinions. And you know what? It can be painful, but there's nothing you can do. So, that's the way it is. There's nothing you can do. Amen. As a person, do your best. One day we will have a body that is together. And then we can, in fact, that is even, see, whether this one, that's another, there's another problem. There is another school of thought among Christians, believing that Christians should not go into politics. Honestly, one question I've always wanted to ask the Lord is that, Lord, are you behind this confusion? What is the problem with the body of Christ? We are just divided. I was in a meeting one day when the one pastor got up and he said that Jesus said that my kingdom is not of this world. 
That's what is a Christian doing in politics. So he told his people in the church that none of them should vote, that our kingdom is not in this world. But he will be a victim of all the policies that have been formulated in that area. Also, we just have this. So that's the way. That, that, that's how. <laughs> Amen. Good day, sir. If you, are, you know that I'm always very careful about political views. If you hear me talk, my friend, you will know where I stand. And maybe some of the pastor, but publicly, somebody is watching and is getting blessed. Now he's getting saved. You will just say something against his political view. will just hate you. Now, it might be that if you should listen to for six months more, it will be a solid Christian. But you will terminate that opportunity by... When you stand in the public, you have to carefully... Many years ago, they took up Joel Austin. When Larry King asked him that, are you saying that Muslims will go to hell? And he refused to answer. He said it's up to God to know we go to hell. And then a lot of pastors, even Pastor Benin, picked up on, and were saying things. Later he explained why he had to say that. Imagine people bringing to him, his media people, that you have over 2 million Muslims watching you regularly every day. Faith comes by hearing. If you tell them to their faces that you are going to hell, they will stop watching you. The only way they can be born again is to hear the word and he said so. I defended it before many people. I said that did Jesus answer when they asked him, Are you the son of man or not? Or the son of God? If he had answered, they would stone him straight away. But he began to dribble them. He said, Like I've told you from the beginning, for many good works, you did not stop. <laughs> was it done? No. See, sometimes, so they said that this woman was caught in that adultery. The law says we should kill her. What do you say? He did not answer their question. He went for them. He who has no sin. Because to say yes or no, if he said, leave her, they stole men for the woman. <laughs> and if he had said that, you know what, kill her, he would have compromised his assignment. For the son of man came that any should not be lost. Any including the prostitute. Did you get that now? So between his mission and his execution. But he just told them that he, it's a, So it's not every question that you answer. That's the truth. Some questions are to get you into trouble. Don't answer. You are not under any obligation to answer all questions. So when jealous don't like it, only God can tell. He, he, he answered very well. A reporter will let you say something and when you do, you create more harm than good. I mean me, I say truth as it is. <laughs> you are not wise. Amen. Say the truth at times, but not the way. Don't hit people with it. Just find a way to say when well, in some cases, the best thing to do is just to keep your mouth shut. You are not permitted to lie, but you can choose not to say anything. If I don't want to answer a question, I don't want to answer a question. That's all. By the time they start interviewing you, and you will know that people can really plan for you and set you up. Make you say something, and then there is riot and death outside there, going back and forth. Buildings being burnt because of what you have said. You will sit down in your room and look at how many deaths you have caused. Where you could have just kept your mouth shut. Did you get that? This is they come with leadership, and we have to be very careful about things we say. Hallelujah. Okay. Good days. I was born in an extramarital affair. A few years down the line, my mom died and my father fell seriously ill. 
and now lives with severe dementia. Eight years ago, following my dad's illness and my mom's demise, my stepmom and her children kicked me out of the house and totally ostracized me since then. Nothing I have tried has worked and I feel caused and I'm contemplating suicide. What should I do? Number one, don't commit suicide. I understand you. Maybe I will ask this person to see Pastor Ebele. You need to minister to. Amen. You need to minister to. Hallelujah. Last question. And then we share the grace. Any other person? Okay. The brother over there. That will be the last. We have to. Good evening, Pastor. Yes, ma'am. Okay, this particular question has actually been on my mind for a very long time, and I've not asked it. It's about the concept of forgiveness of sin. Yes, sir. So, um, many a times, I'm going to use myself as an example. So, sometimes, I, many a times, actually, I find myself in a situation where I'm not supposed to be, or I do something I know is a complete lie, and I say, I say something that is a complete lie, with the hopes that later I'm going to pray myself out of it. More like, well, I'll just do it. Later I'll pray at night and God will forgive me. So I try to like, something will tell my mind that that prayer you're going to make, God is not going to forgive you. Something just, so I don't know if it's something that's right or something that's wrong, that's deliberately committing sin and hoping to pray yourself out of it and that God is going to forgive you. So of course, it, it is wrong. You are acting from your flesh where you should be acting from your spirit. You can stop it and should. You have no reason to yield to the flesh. I cannot say this. It is possible for the next 30 years not to ever tell any lie. I can't remember ever telling anybody lies in how many years. Whether white, blue, or anyone, there is no occasion. And that way, part of it is that live your life in such a way that you have nothing to hide. So, as believers, the life of God is inside us. Live it out. Okay? So you can. So if we continue to do something wrong and we keep asking God to forgive us, He will always forgive us, but you are going to get into trouble sooner or later. And that's what we should avoid. God is never, there's no time that he will say, you see, you've done too much, I cannot forgive you. No. But then you can walk yourself into serious trouble and it will happen. Because every time we say we yield to Satan and then you are planting a wrong seed and then Satan will see to it that one day gets, you get a very terrible harvest. And then with every act of sin, you open door for more and more and more and more. It is true. Amen. Praise the Lord. One guy asked me not too long ago that how do I, that I, I am now becoming very addicted to pornography, what do I do? And I told the person, just delete everything. If you need to change your phone, and the Bible says that give no occasion for the devil. He said, I've been praying. I said, beyond praying, take out everything. All temptations, they come in through a door. Shut all doors. Take yourself away from it. Anything you watch that is um, a kind of pornography stuff, delete it from your system. Stop coming. If you don't for six months, don't do that again. The desire for it in your soul will leave. 
But if you pray and you go back, that's the meaning of what when Jesus said that if your eyes is causing you to sin, pluck it out. In other words, cut away every opportunity. If there is a lady that or a guy that when you see deadly thoughts are coming to, uh, into your heart, stop seeing the person. Peter, for some days, after a while, remember there was a time the person was not in your life and you did not die. So when you cut that opportunity, because as long as you continue to see the person, a part of it is already weak for the person. Especially if there has been a spark of romance between the two of you before, a part of it is weak for the person. What you can do is you have to severe that tie. You will not get out of it by still seeing the person and saying, I, say, I will control what I do this time around you. You might control for like a week, but then you go back again, and then you sink deeper and deeper into it. You have to remove that. You have to get rid of that. Whatever cord is connecting you. I, I know as I'm talking to some people now, you need to delete a lot of things from your phone. You need to. What are you doing as a Christian man with naked women, uh, uh, pictures of women and everything on your phone? Why, why are you doing that? Are you planning to sin? If you are not planning to, then why are you Hallelujah. Okay. Are we done? Let's rise. Did you get blessed tonight? Praise the Lord. Let me just say this to everybody. Say concerning our nation. Um, very early on Monday, so I came from Abeokuta to Lagos for first service on Sunday. And then I had to go back to Abeokuta for another meeting again on Monday. And some of my friends that were there were looking at this thing. I would just call on all of us, please pray for Nigeria. That's all I can say. Really pray for this nation. Pray for this nation. All of you that are concerned and that you are ready to vote out of your conscience and out of integrity of us, Believe me sincerely, I'm telling you tonight, we are in the minority. Many Nigerians worship money. Many are prepared to collect things, even Christians, and go against their conscience. This is what those who have always led us wrongly, that's what they always depend on. They've always depended on. They just know that bring out the goodies, people will change their mind about many things. People who really can stand their ground are in the minority. It is true. So, um, when I was serving, was the last time Nigeria did the last census. The last time Nigeria did the last census. They used us corpus as enumerators. In a particular region, somebody will come out and say that, say, I have five wives inside and 72 children. So we are so, but it's one man you are seeing, and you record when that ended. Local government chairman came to the hall where they were collating results and told all coppers that you triple the number of the people in my local government and I will give you money. One guy got up and he told all the Igbos and Yorubas that are there, that all of you that are from Yoruba, Igbo, and South South, you are selling your future. You are disappointed. You are a disgrace to your race. That is why tomorrow you will hear that there are 5 million people voting here, and then they will say 700 people in your 700,000 people. Ooh, ooh, ooh. These were coppers who were supposed to be intellectuals because they gave them money. A copper that counted 14,000 people recorded 64,000 to swell the number in a region. And this kind of thing they are going on. 
Do you know how many Christians in public offices are collecting bribes and everything? This is why if you know that your heart is genuine towards God, you love God passionately, just spend time to pray. Sincerely speaking, the devil is after our nation. And we have to pray. One day I sat down and I said to myself, I was my father some two days, three days, I was telling my father that if not for anything, the amount of bloodshed in the last few years, and this is going on, it's the ones reporting that you are hearing of. There is, I don't know of any other country in Africa where lives are being, people are being slaughtered like it's going on here. Not even in some nation where there are some particular religion. I don't understand why Nigeria bloodshed regularly. It's a nation where many of you cannot travel by the road to many places in our nation. Some years back, I drove to go and preach in Aochi. I drove to the east. I drove to Pokamani. When I was serving, I mean, I went to bus, would drive from Abuja to Ibadan and all those things. That Kaduna Abuja Expressway. I served in Kaduna. My brother was living in Abuja. Only God knows how many times I went to that road as a copper. It's a road nobody can take again now. And then you can't take train, you can't take road. What is it with our nation? What is it? The Lord will have to have mercy on God's people who call upon his name. Because a good number of believers are also part of the system that is going on. But ours is not to say all Christians kill behind this one, all Christians. See, the danger about that also is that the candidate comes. You don't know what a man coming in will do. Our strength is in the place of prayer. We will act responsibly. We will go out and vote and do things. But the greatest strength is to pray. Believe me sincerely. God has not created a man he cannot stop. And in the last minute, the game can change. I am not for anybody nor against. I am for Jehovah. And that is rule will reign in Nigeria. Every other plan will scatter, but God's plan will stand. Who is God's man? I don't know. I've been saying that now sincerely. I don't know. I just know that Lord, you will do a quick work in our nation. That's all. Did you get that? Yes. So, hallelujah. Anybody who's heard that God has seen that this is the heart that will rebuild this nation is the one that will become president in Jesus' name. Anyone that God knows, since he knows all things, the Alpha and Omega, says God knows that this one is the one that is going to rebuild this nation. Let it be the person that wins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ. Just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. And that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Good bless you.